0: That's code POD at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code POD.
1: This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255.
0: <laughs> Mike, check one, two. <clears throat> Mike, check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels, not in distress. Host came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot off the press.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm excited because today we are going to tell you about some of our firsts because our guest today was inspired to start her podcast based on some of her firsts. Which we'll let her talk to you about later, but um, we're gonna talk about some of ours. So, Chloe, I wanna hear about what your first kiss story was.
2: Okay, it was actually kind of cute. Um, so, this kid had moved to our hometown, like he was kind of like a military brat. And you have to get this name. His name was Beckett Bayer. Okay. I feel like that's a mouthful of a name. Um, yes. yes. If, he's, if he ever listens, what's up, Beckett? You probably don't remember this. <laughs> that was your first kiss. Um, and he was neighbors with one of my very good friends, Gabby. And I just remember, like, one day, like, we were all playing. And it was, like, right up. She lived right across the street from our elementary school. And I think she truth or dared us to go down in, like, the stairwell of the elementary school and kiss. And we did. I don't remember anything about it. It was probably just a peck, I would assume we were <laughs> like,
1: elementary school, yeah.
2: Yeah, we were in like fifth grade.
1: Um, but it was kind of a
2: cute story because I like, I don't know, it was like in like the little steps, like going into the cafeteria of our elementary school. And I was like, oh I'll never forget that. Like it'll I'll always know it'll be there. But then our elementary school got demolished to make it a church parking lot. So yeah.
1: Hmm.
2: But Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of cute and special, I guess. Okay, now I'm ready to hear about yours.
1: Well, mine feels um, like very telling of how I would be and my life would be. I was in seventh grade, and we had just gone for a lovely walk. And we were now sitting on a bench when we had our first kiss. And we kissed, and then I told him that he was doing it wrong. (laughs) Obviously, I had no idea what was right, but, um, however he was doing it, I just, it seemed wrong, so. Wait,
2: had you done any research beforehand since you no, had never
1: it, it? just didn't seem right.
2: <laughs> like, sorry, that's not good enough. It Wait. Really funny because it
1: was like, and then I was like, I don't think you're doing this right.
2: <laughs> well, that's, that's nice first kiss stories.
1: yeah. So uh, let's go talk to our guest today, because I think she has some very interesting first to tell you all about today. All right. We're so excited to welcome Remy Casimir to the podcast today. Thanks for joining
2: us. Hi, guys. I'm so happy for being here. <laughs> Remy is the How Come podcast host, We Really Love Island, seen on Netflix Explained, and a comedian. You were having like a virtual comedy club there for a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, I, I still have Remy's Comedy Club on Instagram. Um, it was like when everybody was really taking lockdown seriously, it was running like every Wednesday, every Saturday, and it was so fun. Um, I'll, I'll probably bring it back.
2: Yeah, for sure. It was yeah. awesome. And I was seeing that like Time Magazine covered it.
0: Yeah, that was insane. I was like, well, do you guys not have stuff to write about? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool.
2: So, um, yeah, I feel like I originally discovered you because of the How Come podcast. So if you want to okay. start by telling people a little bit about that, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. So I started How Come, um, because I had never had an orgasm before, like not with a partner, not alone, never. I was 27 when I conceptualized the idea of the podcast. I was already doing stand-up comedy for about like three years. And so I was like accustomed to talking about myself like openly. Um, But I... I've had a very strange relationship with the female orgasm, like the concept of it, even like when I was younger, I just genuinely didn't think it existed. Or I thought if you had them, like you were just like the luckiest woman in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of like under the impression that most women weren't having them and that I wasn't. Weird at all and then I was just kind of like resigned to that and I was like, whatever And then when I was doing more and more stand-up I was seeing these women my age my level of stand-up talking about their orgasms like in a very candid way And I would always run up to them after shows and I'd be like Well that joke about the five orgasms was so great Like that was so funny and they'd be like that wasn't the joke part of the joke And I'd be like, oh shit like so you're really coming and they're like, yeah, like are you not and then they'd usually like take pity on me or like try to like empathize and like give me these informal assignments that I should go home and like do. And sometimes I would like do them, but most of the time I would like give up in between because I was so sad and feeling so broken or just not approach the situation at all because I was like this isn't gonna happen like it never has I'm fucking 27 like it must I must just be like broken like physically or mentally or something like it I got to like a pretty dark place and then I eventually like opened up to my younger sister and I was like can you do this? Like, have you ever? And she was like, I have actually. And I was like, okay, so it's probably physically possible for me. And it might just be like a mental thing that I need to like push past. And like, maybe I'm just being lazy or something. I need like accountability. So I started the podcast as a way to like, hold me accountable. I'd have guests come on. I still have guests come on every week and they tell me about their first time coming experience, but, um, they would also have to give me an assignment like a formal assignment that I had to do for the next week. Um, and yeah, I blew my load real early episode six. I did it. And now obviously the podcast is about so much more than that. It's about how like sex ties into like every aspect of our lives. And, um, yeah, now we bring on other guests to talk about like their experiences and like whatever they're feeling like sexually weird about or like different. Like we're just here to be like you're not alone, you know, cuz like I initially was feeling so alone and when I came out with it people were like, "Oh my god, me too." Like I've never had an orgasm. And now I'm very proud to say that what started as a very selfish project that I just wanted to come has become this thing that like 500 vulva owners around the world have had their first orgasm from following those assignments too. So I'm like, "Oh, this was this is very worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. curious what the assignment was that made the difference.
0: So interestingly enough, it was not an assignment from the podcast. Um, I had done assignments that week and they were insane. I had gone to a tantric massage. I had gone to a female masturbation class. Like I was like, oh, these are the things that are going to happen. Make it happen. They didn't. Um, but when I like came out, so to speak, as an orgasmic, um, all of my comedian friends were like, oh my God, we have to get Remy on the podcast. Like, this is so weird and different. And I went on this podcast called the good, the dad and the ugly, um, by three comics, Will Winner, Casey Selengo, and, uh, Patrick Schroeder, where they only interview women. And they were like, have you heard of this sex toy? Like our friend, Rachel Sennett used it. She had never, um, Used or she had never had an orgasm before, and then she used this thing. And like, you should order it. And I ordered it like that afternoon, and it like happened. And yeah, so the toy, um, which I'm sure everybody's wondering, like, what was this thing? Um, was an air pulse arouser or a clitoral stimulator that is not just a vibrator. It's not just something that goes, it is literally like, some people will call them like clit vacuums. They should not be called that. But essentially like that's what you're picturing is like a little tiny circle that you put over your clit and it like sucks it. And it gives it like the best tiny blowjob you've ever had in your life. I call them orgasm dementors because they just like suck your soul out of your body. (laughs) You're like, oh my God. Like (laughs) it changed my whole life. And now like i recommend them to everybody and they're like pretty foolproof
2: no they are i have one (laughs) yeah like it's called like the womanizer or something right which is well so
0: that was the first one that was recommended to me and i don't really recommend that one anymore um it is the one that like made it happen but they i mean the similar technology is in other toys that are way more affordable Mm -hmm. um and like yeah, it was becoming tough for me to be like, Hey, you're having like this massive issue that could change your life. Like shell out $200. Like, no, there's ones that are like $45. Um, mm-hmm. the girl's best friend or sweet vibrations. If you use promo code, how come you can <laughs> get even 15% off. It's mm-hmm. fabulous. I love it.
2: Um, no, I remember when I got mine, I think on the box, it was like, <laughs> like a limited warranty or like money back guarantee or whatever. And it was like, if Mm -hmm. you don't come in 60 seconds you get your money back and I was yeah I was like okay let me see and then it was like because I usually have to like think about stuff or like sometimes I watch porn or whatever but then like I sat there for like 20 seconds and I was like okay like I don't need my money back
0: (laughs) it literally doesn't give you the option to not
2: yeah (laughs) like
0: that was the thing that like a lot of people are like oh like mentally it's so hard for me to like push past and I'm like me too me too like this doesn't, like, the mental part is, like, taken out of it because your body is just, like, convulsing. Yeah. Like, I, like, squirted the first time. <laughs> That's Like, amazing. everywhere. And then I started crying. Like, it was just so much liquid. Like, it was, like, not cute. Without
1: but it
2: was body. fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: You were able to make it happen on your own. Did it help you to have, start being able to with other people?
0: Oh my God. A hundred percent. So I've had a boyfriend the entire time I've been running this podcast and a lot of people's first question will be like, Oh my God, how did he feel about it? Like he must feel so bad at sex. because You know what I mean? And like, I would always explain like, no, cause he understands that like, we've only been dating at like what, two years at that point. And like, I had lived with myself for, 26 years before I met him and so it was really about like getting to know me first and like unlocking that within yourself and then yes you can open it up to like somebody else so like my first time was like alone like I wanted to be alone I wanted to see like the sounds I would make how my body would react like I was so nervous about all those things and doing them in front of another person like even somebody who loves me because like like I used to think in like eighth grade I'd be like, what if I come and it sounds like ah! you know what I like? <laughs> like just these like scary things were like, What if I come and I shit? Like what like what if I'm just like fucking disgusting when it happens? And so yeah, I think it was best to do it alone and then like really be like, I, I like this and I'm ready to show this to somebody else. And also like I know the moves that I like and I figure that out alone. And like sometimes when you're with another person, specifically a guy, if it's like a a guy girl relationship, we have this like thing in our heads that like, I don't know where it came from, but it was like, that guys are going to be the ones who are good at sex. They're just going to do a bunch of stuff to you. And like, you're going to figure it out. And then like, oftentimes they think that that's their job to like, come in and do stuff to you. And like in the beginning, like my boyfriend would come in and try to like move the toy around. And I'd be like, honey, stop. Like, you're just here to hug me at this point. Like you don't know how to work the equipment. Um, I do. And like, I love the moral support and like, you can kiss me. And like, sometimes that's my favorite thing is just to be like hugged and kissed and like do everything myself. Um, but a hundred percent, I would say most people should figure themselves out by themselves and then take that to another person and try not to change up your technique. Once you bring the other person into the room to like, be like, Oh, well this, this might look sexier. It's like, "Mm." Like, I always thought you had to, like, arch your back during sex to, like, look sexy. Like, no, when I'm coming, I am, like, tucking my butt so far in. It is so gross and so tiny. But, like, it is wonderful.
1: <laughs> well, and probably because you had so much, like, a buildup and thought process on it, it made it really hard for you to have that experience, like, with mm-hmm. somebody else. hmm Totally. And, like, I think... I
0: was very under the impression that sex and love were like related. And so like, if you weren't having good sex, like maybe you weren't loved enough or whatever. And that's just like an element that people need to remove too. Like sex is sex and love is love. And yes, they can happen together, but like, you don't need one for the other.
2: Yum. Right. And I was re- re-listening to the first episode where you had your sister on and you guys kind of talk about mm-hmm. like where this idea of like men need to do everything do come does come yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like in the movies, like you guys were saying, it's like twenty seconds, and then she's just like orgasming everywhere, just from mm-hmm. the like making out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like it was kind of the same. Like you know, I came with, like came from like a Catholic upbringing, and we didn't mm-hmm. like really talk about it a lot. But I do like remember like the day that like my friends and I like we like snuck off and like found this like back massager. Like, Unreal. And we, were, we were just like, okay, like we need some private time now. But I'm kind of the curious.
0: The like, whole group. No, oh my gosh, no. Okay, <laughs> <It
2: doesn't laughs> like, like, like a little
0: pass around. Like, how did you do?
2: <laughs> no, it was me and my one friend. We were kind of bad, but um, we That's didn't do so together. We always were just like, I need the room now. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm kind of like curious of how you translated like the toy into like with your partner, because like you were saying, it was kind of like a gradual thing, and then like did you feel kind of uncomfortable doing that at first? Or like, what was that process kind of like?
0: I didn't. Like that was, (laughs) that's something that like, yeah, people are like, how do you get over that hump? It like never was shameful to me because I was so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. And I had already, I'd already been so ashamed of myself as this like broken thing that like anything that I was like, oh yeah, these are my crutches. I walk around with these and I fucking love them. um, And you're going to love them too. Um, But like, yeah. and, And he was part of the process and like, like thrilled to watch that's like another thing that like guys will say things like oh sex toys they're like replacing our jobs or whatever and it's like no they're making your job easier more fun like less burdensome for you to think like that it's all about you like no person should be responsible for your pleasure your happiness ultimately you are responsible for your pleasure and they're there to like aid you and not ignore you when you ask for what you want um So he, like, he loves it. And, like, the orgasms that you have, like, as you know, like, from those are just, like, different than any other toy. They're different from manual stimulation. Like, to be able to witness one of those as, like, a partner is, like, really fun. And so, like, he always made me feel that way about it. Never, like, oh, it's replacing me. It was always, like, oh, this is amazing. I'm so happy for you. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the toys are always present then?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't like to say I'm a lazy masturbator, but like, I'm not the most active person in in life. I don't run. I don't cook. You know, like, I don't wash dishes by hand. I put them in a dishwasher. So I like to use toys rather. I've, I have done it like at the request of the listeners. They really wanted me to do it manually once. So I did. Um, it took a very long time. And I don't have time for that.
2: Yeah. yeah. No cuz I was going to ask I actually feel like I I don't know that I've ever gotten off from like the act of sex like I feel like I always need like some yeah, support. I don't like, I don't like and but s- I know some of my friends do and like different things work for different people but I said my one friend was like what did she say she does she stacks up pillows and she was like I just put my like <laughs> butt mm. up really high in the air and then like them going in deeper helps her
0: so you're but, saying from like vaginal sex you have it. yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. but yeah. that's as you know not super common only eight to 25 percent of women can or vulva owners can come from just vaginal stimulation alone mm-hmm. um and what we learned is that that's like because of the structure of the clitoris like we just think of it as this like tiny little knob <laughs> a little bump at the front of your mons or whatever but like actually it goes four inches back into your body, and then it straddles the vaginal opening, and it just sits there like a little cowboy. And some people's cowboy's legs are very close to the vaginal opening, and some of them sit further out. Mm-hmm. And so those eight to 25% of women who are having quote unquote vaginal orgasms, it's not the vagina that's having the orgasm, it's the clitoris that's sitting so close to it that it's the penis is rubbing it from the inside. And so that can happen in the other percentage of us but what we need is for the external clit to be stimulated and then those legs will usually expand and then that little chunky leg will touch all of a sudden and like it makes it easier um but i don't think it's fair for most vulva owners to expect penis vagina or dildo vagina coming Mm -hmm. it's not gonna i mean it's not not gonna but like yeah I used to read those Cosmo articles that were about like finding your G spot like I tried really hard but it's going to be a different spot in every person because of how your clit is constructed.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: remember who said it but somebody was like everyone is a snowflake like you just have to like, figure out like your construction.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. like honestly the best and most concise way I've ever heard it explained.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. I have a lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's interesting how there's so much like shame surrounding women and sex. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that
0: too, because now I'm thinking about the fact that like, there used to be this big thing around like, oh, sex the first time is going to hurt. And now I'm thinking, I think it's because most of us were doing it before we were ready, before we really wanted to, and that sex hurts, and and we're doing it with people who don't necessarily like care too much about our yeah. well-being or our pleasure. So there was no warm-up. Like I remember the first time I had sex, it was literally I, I was just trying to get it in, like yeah. so hard. Like and I really thought that like that's all sex was. Is like the woman is the whole, and like I remember like training for sex basically. Like I really wasn't masturbating for my pleasure i was training to to fit something up there or yeah. whatever and yeah like there is a shame to that when you're doing an act that's not for you yeah or that you're taught that women don't have sex because they like it they do it to get a guy or whatever like it's just such an opposite narrative of how i actually feel about it and how like like i've had boyfriends and i've always had a higher sex drive like I've, I've totally turned everything I ever anticipated on its head. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women are feeling that they're like, wait, I'm super horny and that's super normal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause I'm just, now I'm thinking back to like the first time I had sex too. Um, Just bringing it out of the vault. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, not mm-hmm. uh, but I do feel like it was kind of like my friend did it at the time and I was like, okay, my turn. And like, yeah. I remember just like, wanting to get like the whole like popping of the chair i just wanted to get it I just over. just want with. to
0: get over with yeah, yeah. and that's yeah such and, a and the way, way that, that guy. guys are approaching it like sometimes it could it could be that same thing mm-hmm. of like peer pressure or like you're prude you're the last virgin standing or whatever like time to get it over with but the end goal is an orgasm mm-hmm. like you do get taught about men's orgasms in health class and you don't really get taught about women's orgasms and like i just remember like we even learned about like blue balls and like this immense guilt that women should have if like you you riled him up and then didn't finish him off Mm -hmm. or whatever and like no one talks about blue clit like first of all neither of them exist like finish yourself off right nobody nobody (laughs) has to do that for you go in the bathroom like i'm sure she doesn't mind um but yeah i felt i feel very slighted by how we grew up
1: yeah funny because i went to a quaker school and um, in new york in pennsylvania okay i was gonna be like i know where we went to school (laughs) (laughs) um but we were taught that actually like our sex educator is like has given ted talks about sex and everything because Mm -hmm. his method is that um sex is like a pizza And the way that you talk about sex, like the way you talk about pizza is like, do you want pepperoni in your pizza? Do you want Mm -hmm. some on your pizza? So Mm -hmm. it's a conversation about it so that it's like consensual. Like you would never just like order a pizza with peppers for somebody without asking if they liked peppers, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like that was a really healthy way of doing it that I wish like more people could have had. That it was like a consensual conversation that needed to happen um, before doing it. And that's like, I remember you and your sister were saying, like, oh, you know, like, just speaking of it, like,
2: genetically, like, guys should come because that's, like, what it takes to, like, conceive a child. Like, make make a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, but we have to hold them for nine months and we have to do all that. So, like, we should at least be enjoying it a little bit. We have to put in, like, 10 times
0: more work after that. Dude, like, we have some women who have, like, we've spoken to or who have called in or, like, written us letters or... know DMs where they're like I had children before I had orgasms and I'm like that is a fucked up life yeah like that's not fair of course women were going crazy back in the old days because they had no jobs no money no orgasms they just had to carry kids around and be like like nobody teaches you either how much of a stress release and how medically important orgasms are Mm -hmm. to vulva owners like you 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 know, that guys have to release them because like, it's great for serotonin. It's great for your, like your mental health or whatever, but like, it's the same for us. You know, like I feel differently on days that I can release. It's it's a release. It's like crying, you know, like you wouldn't be like, I mean, I guess they do say men shouldn't cry, but like, we're over that now. Like everybody's entitled to all of their releases. No,
2: for sure. I think with me too, like that extra layer of like the Catholic guilt, like factors into it a little bit too, of like, oh, you shouldn't
0: even be doing this. Somebody's um, watching me too.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) I grew up Jewish, totally not religious. And I used to be like, is there someone here?
2: (laughs) In the closet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm like, if there is, enjoy. (laughs) right exactly
2: so speaking of like not doing it with people that are special it seems like you do have someone special in your life so can you tell us a little bit about the story of how you met your boyfriend and how that came to be
0: oh my god it's the worst story ever no i'm just (laughs) saying it's 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 a long story um but we basically met through comedy he's a stand-up comic as well um we met at one of his shows uh He offered to smoke me out. I said yes. It was like instant love on my end, not so much on his. Um, We had very casual sex for about a year because I was basically just like mooning over him and like following him around and shit. And he also thought I was hot and he liked having sex with me and he thought I was a good hang, Um, but he was not looking for a relationship at the time. He was like, he had just gotten out of like a, a really like, well actually no he'd gotten out of like a rebound from a serious one but like basically like this was his time to like sow his oats he really wasn't looking for a serious something and I wasn't either but I just like was obsessed with him and I was like I'm gonna make this happen and um yeah it wasn't a great first year for my mental health because he wasn't reciprocating the feelings um but I also wasn't very open about the feelings. Like I was playing this like very like cat and mouse, like trying to seem too cool and like, whatever. I think like at some point he started dating somebody else, like one of the other girls he was hooking up with because she simply asked, Mm -hmm. like, she was like, I'd like to be exclusive. And he was like, okay. And he was like, Remy, we can't hook up anymore. I'm exclusive with this one now. And I was like, what a shame. And, um, they broke up like quickly and then came back and I was like, um, and then we got pregnant um, and that was crazy because I, I told him and I didn't get the response that I wanted. I didn't get this like,
1: Oh, hug.
0: Like I would have expected like a hug and like, are you okay? And like, now I'm dating you. No. Um, but <laughs> it was just kind of like, oh like okay well we need to take care of this and like very like matter of fact and not really like nice to me as a person I thought and then my sister got involved again because her and I were out for her birthday and like we're so drunk it was like four in the morning or something and I was like do you want to go to after hours at the place that he's at and like meet him and she was like do I like I'm gonna give this guy peace of my mind. And I was like, Charlotte, this is Ben, Ben, this is Charlotte. And she like went in, she was like, you are a piece of shit. You need to treat my sister so much better. Like she is a queen, she is pregnant. You asked her to get you beer and cigarettes. You didn't even ask how she was, you know, like what the f- fuck is wrong with you and I was like yeah and kiss me on the mouth more and he was like what (laughs) like but literally like just verbalizing that like somebody saying like Remy cares and me kind of being like yeah I really I care um he did like a complete 180 he took really good care of me like the week leading up to my abortion he took me to it um and then we like really didn't separate after that like we just like spent more time together and like i felt like it was like that conversation he finally saw me as like a human being um and yeah now we've been together for like five years and i live with his parents
2: <laughs> oh, but wow. that you just needed to like verbalize it and he was yeah. like oh okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like i i've even said to him or like in the beginning of our relationship i was like oh like I'm clearly like in a second choice cause you started dating that other girl or whatever. And he's like, dude, she asked, like, you never said like you had a full, like, I also had other people I was hooking up with at the time because like, A, I wanted to, and B like, we weren't exclusive. Mm-hmm. But like, he was like, I just, I didn't know. Like I thought we were all having a good time.
2: But Lauren, you kind of touched on like your boyfriend at first didn't really want something serious, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I've also been with my boyfriend for five years. But uh, the first year of us dating, I really had to convince him to date me. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. um, he, I think sort of similar to your boyfriend was like sowing his wild oats. He had a really awful relationship, like leading up to it. Mine Um, too. Yeah. And I think he was kind of scarred from that. Um, And he was a senior in college when we met. So yeah, he just needed to, like, have fun and do his own thing. I laugh because, like, our story of him, like, actually agreeing to be my boyfriend was mm-hmm. in, like, face-planted in the bed. And I was like, so, like, are you going to be my boyfriend now? And he was like, I guess so. Like, <laughs> hello? See, you're mine right? was crying. <laughs> like, that
0: wasn't the are you my boyfriend conversation. That was like, okay, now you're dating Remy, but, like, not boyfriend. The boyfriend conversation we were like in bed and I started crying about something because like he had hurt my feelings or so and then he was like I'm sorry I'm sorry and I was like and can you also like call me your girlfriend and he was like I do and I was like oh okay
2: <laughs> Like, could you just sign that right here
0: Just, <laughs> can you just tell people and he's like yeah I do Aww. could you just tell me oh <laughs> well we love that for the two
2: of you our listeners that doesn't always work by the way if they decide- I know
0: I hate telling it because I'm like <laughs> don't be like this is another thing is I had to fully give up on him too mm-hmm. so like there was I went on birthright um in the in the midst of all this because I was like I need to get out of here. Like he doesn't like, he was like dating this other girl. and I was like, he doesn't respect me. Like I had so much invested in him. Like I was like very upset all the time. And on my birthright trip, um, for the non-Jews out there, it's, it's a free trip that Jews get to go to Israel. And we had this experience at this thing called a mikvah where Orthodox women like dip themselves like once a month after their periods. And, she was telling us the main woman was telling us about like how they don't really even let they don't let men touch them until they're married and they're like that touch is so sacred and like you really have to have somebody who respects you and respects your mind and whatever and I was just thinking about all these times I've let this guy like lick my ass and not call me and I start hysterically crying in a mikvah and I'm like I'm not respected. And all these girls start like congregating around me and they're like, we're not respected. And then at the end of it, we like meet up with the boys again. And the like, the boys are like, why are you all crying? Like trying to like touch us. And i are like, don't fucking touch us. <laughs> like, and then like after that trip, like I didn't really reach out to him, but I think he, he like sensed, he missed me. You know, like he, even though he didn't know he liked me, he liked me. And that's, that's the real rule is if he doesn't like you, you'll be confused. And if he does, you'll know. He'll make an effort, she'll make an effort. People like, if you stop putting in the effort and they wanna see you again, they'll make it happen.
1: Yeah. For sure. I tried for a day during my period of trying to convince him not to date me where I wasn't gonna text him. He mm-hmm. sent me one sad face. And I was like, I'm not gonna respond until it's like a slew of messages and him telling me he wants me to be his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Never got a slew of messages just got the one sad face and I uh, started talking to him again
0: <laughs> I mean but sometimes that's enough like maybe that's what he's capable of like re-emotions one you sad know <laughs> one sad face it's something well yeah.
2: I'm always for like having that conversation like I'm for going in and being like hey I want this to be more serious mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know you're in the best place if you do have to have that but that's okay I'm yeah. for going in and doing it but you have to walk away And then I think what's like more telling than even maybe that conversation is if they come back and like you said, like, yeah,
0: and like try to invest less. Mm -hmm. Um, Like one of my little tricks was just like deleting our texts Mm -hmm. because it's easy to go back and like get obsessed with what they've said and nitpick or whatever, and like create a narrative that maybe doesn't exist. Um, put your efforts into other people who will be texting you, taking their, your mind off, like whether they are or not. Um, and yeah, that's what I was doing. I started fully dating another guy, Mm -hmm. like, and then he was like, do you want to go to Atlantic city with me, my friend? And I was like, yes, I do. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I really do. (laughs) I really, really do. (laughs) i'm curious after like going through the abortion with him if Mm -hmm. like guys have had like conversations about like what your future looks like in terms of kids and that stuff and like how um going through that together like i don't know dictates your future with that
0: yeah uh, we've talked about kids because like i love babies like and he knows that and like um that doesn't necessarily mean I want to have one anytime soon. I think I have like a lot of work I need to do, um, in my career, in my, like, like my mental health still. And also like how I handle conflict and how I handle frustration because like my priority, if I were a parent would be to be a great parent, um, and his too. And like, yeah, we we both say that if we were going to have one, it would be like when we're ready. And like, neither of us feel that we are yet. Um, Haven't had the freezing eggs conversation, but like, I'm 31 at this point. I I think in two years at 33, like if we are still feeling like it's like 10 years out, like I'll probably freeze them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or adopt because there's so many kids that are just like out there that already exist that like need our care. Mm
1: -hmm. No like yeah. you can
0: already see how cute they are yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah but I love that you guys went through that and it like made you stronger too like I just think that's a really cool story it
0: was really not it really felt like so sweet that he came with me at eight in the morning because like for comedians like when we were working at least like you didn't wake up until three and like I messaged him and I was like, I need you to come with me. And he was like, for sure, whatever you need. And it was, it was just like, very, like, he was able to support me as a friend first.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what we've been able to build on.
1: For sure. It's really
0: important.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like you guys are good communicators, but someone that's having a hard time communicating with our partner is our letter writer today. So it says Dear damsels, ever since I can remember, I've had trouble orgasming. My partners always seem to get there just fine, but I rarely ever do, at least from traditional sex. The only thing that ever gets me there is using a vibrator during my personal time, and I worry that I've cursed myself by relying on it too much. Not to mention, all of this has me so up in my head during the deed that the overthinking alone is enough to kill anyone's mood. I mentioned this issue to the guy I'm currently sleeping with and asked if he'd be willing to incorporate a vibrator into the bedroom. He seemed hesitant, but agreed. I haven't had the courage to pull it out yet. His hesitancy just made things awkward, in my opinion. I mean, it was already an awkward ask for me. So for him to not be on board just makes me feel even more tense. What do I do? Sincerely, Stuck in my head.
0: Okay, Stuck in your head. You sound like me three years ago. It's okay. We've gone through this. It's fine. You're fine. All the things you're feeling are so fucking normal. And I'm so proud of you for even like bringing it up to him. That is like the first step, like high five good job. Um, and he said yes. And the thing is, is like, even if he wasn't like super enthusiastic about this, you, you want them to be enthusiastic. Um, that's like the main goal is like everybody, you want everyone to be excited. But if he is, thinking that like, this has something to do with him, which he probably is thinking about. I think that's where his hesitation is coming from, or that's like the hesitation that you heard. Um, But like I said, with these things, he's gonna have a great time watching it. He's gonna have, um, he's gonna love the fact that you can get off, like they like to feel they like to feel the pulses that happen you know like they can be inside of you from behind while you're using the thing on the front that's a great position for all really sturdy for you so you can get it on there um and like yeah you already you you did the first step um and when you said that you were having trouble orgasming i was thinking that we were starting from like ground zero like No, you can do it alone. You know how your equipment works. And what I always say to like the How Come listeners who are like, it's really tough for me to incorporate this with my boyfriend, or it's tough for me to like open up to them and tell them that like, I haven't done this with another person explain that it's all about you. This is something that I've been working on. I do this alone. Yeah, it's not happened with another person, but that has nothing to do with you. Like and I would like to bring you into this with me and I think it'll be really hot if I can just do this thing like while, you know, like make it hot. Um and also just like try not to stress over the fact that you're a weirdo because you're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's okay. so many, listen to how come there's where there's so many like you
1: it really is so true, what she said about men how they're just always fine. They just never have a problem
0: mm-hmm. really I mean, like the stats are something like for women and women having sex, it's like eighty percent getting off rate right? for men and men. it's like ninety percent, and then for men and women, it's like ninety percent and sixty percent so yeah it mm-hmm. of course it's gonna be easy for him like. There are men that have issues, obviously, but like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it is easier to just stick a dick down a hallway a few times. Um, But you also probably know how to get off fairly easily for yourself, it sounds like.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And, And I like that she said the traditional way. And I want to put that traditional in quotes because like we get taught that the traditional way is the only way that it's just like insertion. It's not sex is so many other things. Like I, I count masturbation as self sex. Like that is sex, you know, like anything that gets you off is valid. Asking for back tickles is valid. Even if that's something you never saw in a porn, if that's something you like, if you literally just want to be like, I like it when you caress the side of my boob, you know, like. Whatever you want is sexy and valid, and if it helps you get there it's fabulous, yeah
1: How many male like listeners do you have, or a considerable you- amount really
0: yeah, I actually so I have friends that have a podcast that's like specifically targeted to to girls, and I used to get jealous because I would be like, "Ugh, they can just like say like "Hey girls, hey no, no, I can't say that because we have so many male listeners too like." so many companions that either came in because they're dating a woman or they want to learn more about women. Or like I said, our, the orgasm was only, my orgasm was only up to episode six. Mm -hmm. So like, we've really explored like penis owners problems too, whether that's ED, whether that's premature ejaculation, um, whether it's a guy who was a virgin until he was 40 and felt weird about that. Like we have a lot of, yeah, people coming in with their respective Stories and lives. Yeah.
2: That's good that they're listening though, because that tells me that like they want to learn more and like maybe want to talk about their partners. Because, like you said, it's good that she had the courage to tell him. It's good that, like, yes, he was hesitant, but receptive.
0: Yeah. And communication takes a really long time. Like, I'm even proud of myself for a conversation that I had with Ben this morning, Mm -hmm. you know, and like we've been together for five years and we're still working on talking. Yeah. And it gets, better and easier and like yeah it's just a process that you have to start and there are guys who i've heard about and that people have written to me about that like you'll say i'd like to bring a toy in and they'll say flat out no Mm -hmm. you know like that's at least you didn't start there like at least he was like okay you know like that shows that he's not threatened which is good yeah yeah
2: Absolutely. Well, do you feel like there's any hope for those guys that are just like flat out now, or is it just kind of like, all right, move on and find someone? Yeah.
0: No, they <laughs> just have to. They have a lot of unlearning to do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of us do. Like, we've we've been raised in a society that said sev like things to us for years that we like baked into our our bodies and our minds and stuff, and like yeah I'm still unlearning stuff. I'm still learning unlearning internalized misogyny like imagine how it is starting as a man um like toxic masculinity doesn't just hurt women. it hurts men who like otherwise would not be toxic um and so I think listening to podcasts like ours, getting perspectives from other people, like the willingness even to learn like when somebody starts listening to how come, I kind of know that they're a good dude
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know like um. The, he, some of our listeners like have given books to guys that are like oh this is how to like eat out better and like some the guys who like say flat out no like maybe we don't want to spend the time fixing them right now like yeah. maybe they need to go out and fix themselves for a little
2: for sure did you just post that one meme today about dj callie was that you that posted? oh my it?
0: god that was not today that was a while ago but um yeah remember when he was like Ooh, I I never eat pussy. And then a bunch of guys were like, "Yes." And then women kept dating those guys. And I was like, "What's ha- what? Like imagine if a female rapper was like, yeah, I don't give blow jobs." And girls were like, "Yes." Like what? Right. <laughs> I think we we've been Brought up to think that, like, the man is the prize at the end of the day. It's like what you're trying to do is like reel him in and like he's going to complete your life. And like the way I used to think about things, especially like sexuality, is I was like, I need to make myself somebody that men are attracted to. And once I mold myself to be that, then they will come. And now it's like, no, I need to make myself somebody that I am attracted to somebody that I love every day, somebody that I think is fantastic. And then the person that comes already likes me. Like I was genuinely terrified of marriage because what you heard was like, you trap a man, you don't let him know how gross you are. You never shit in front of him. Like, I'm like, you're telling me the the closest person in your life you have to lie to all the time, like, hell no. We are farting up a storm.
1: We are having the best
0: time. Like, I don't wanna be with somebody who doesn't know me. I wanna be with somebody who knows me and is obsessed with it. And also that's what you want. Like, what if you have a medical problem?
1: I have IBS. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) My friend Joey, I just had on How Come and he's got a new girlfriend and he's got IBS and I'm like, when did you guys start talking about it? He's like, early, like we had to. It's part of me.
1: (laughs) No, that's how I feel. I always felt like if people couldn't handle that part of me, that like, then you weren't understanding me fully. Because like it, my my problems like feel like they are part of me.
0: Or like, if you're a type of person that's like, girls aren't supposed to burp or fart. I'm like, then you don't see them as humans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Women are human beings. Like they're not just there to look at and to make kids and the world's the sex is better when women see themselves as humans you know like they ask for weirder shit you'll have better sex with women if you treat them like humans is what i'm saying
2: No, it's so true. I will say those fiber, Lauren introduced me to all these fiber products. Mm -hmm. And I'm by myself in quarantine, so I'm fine. And I feel like, but they've been making me smell like I don't even enjoy the smell of my (laughs) (laughs) own. So I'm like, if you're eating them around Brian, he must really love you. (laughs) Uh
1: I'm oh, sure he does. And uh, you
0: know, like, yeah, I had somebody I dated for like two and a half years. I never was like clear on like whether he liked me or not. Like now, I'm like, he I, he loves me. Yeah, for sure.
2: It's like you said. I think it all goes back to if they like you, you'll know. If not, you'll be confused. I love that advice.
0: And the same goes for orgasms. If you are thinking to yourself, I don't think I've ever had an orgasm. If you had one, you'd know. Yeah, I know it's annoying to hear. But if you. You know, I had my ex that I, we did try to work on it. I was like 22 or something. Um, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'd really want to have an orgasm. And we worked on it a little bit. And he started looking things up, being like, oh, on Google, it says that, you know, maybe you're just having them and you're not feeling them or whatever. Like, you know, if you get a rash on your chest, then maybe you had one and you just didn't know. No, no. If you had one, you will know. Don't let anybody try to convince you otherwise.
2: Yeah. I love he's trying to research away his inability to,
0: <laughs> to do No, like, no, 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 no. You have a rash. You came. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm allergic
2: to you. Sure sign. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Well, Remy, you've been so awesome. Tell people where they can find you.
0: Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, You guys can find me on the internet. Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Remy Casimir. Um, The podcast is How Come, spelled the inappropriate way. Uh, that young boys would spell it. Um, it's on all of the podcast players. If you want to follow us, we do a lot of like polls uh, throughout the week um, at how come podcast on Instagram. Um, and there's also a TikTok. And I have a whole other podcast if sex. Well, it's still sexy. But if you're more into reality TV, and you are lonely, especially during this time inside, and you need a new show to binge watch. Come over to We Really Love Island, uh, where we watch the British reality show phenomenon Love Island, and we recap the episodes and we teach you British slang.
1: It's a real fun time. My boyfriend loves that show; he's about to be your biggest fan. It's
0: the most one it like
1: the most interesting
0: anthropological experiment I've ever seen. <laughs> and the I hottest people it.
2: but like you said the kids on tiktok are going crazy for it so
0: oh it's all on hulu on hulu like, okay but only start when like you have free time because it's crack You're you'll get, get sucked in time. yeah okay.
2: all right Rami, well thank you so much this has been great
1: thank you for um letting me come on your show we have big news everybody i'm setting mm-hmm. chloe up with an anesthesiologist <laughs> we're gonna talk about it oh my gosh we're gonna have okay. to I highly doubt he listens to this podcast
2: no but I okay yeah I was going over this with my neighbor last night and I had mentioned to her that you had mentioned about the anesthesiologist and she was like ask her ask her right now and I was like I don't know I always I never want people to feel like weird or obligated or anything like that but you've kind of been pushing for this for i don't now. feel weird at all i don't
1: think it's like in the least bit weird
2: <laughs> i always have this thing of like what if it doesn't work out like then is it and weird? it doesn't
1: work out you're very two separate entities of my life that will never cross
2: okay well, yes. Lauren's sending me up with an anesthesiologist. I was going to talk to you offline, but what's your strategy? How are you going to do it?
1: I, I don't think that like um, texting or anything is the right strategy. I think the right strategy is like when the world allows us to um, reconvene that we, we meet in person, like we do an event.
0: Oh,
2: I see. I thought you were just going to send him like a picture of me.
1: Oh, well, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to let him know that, like, this is what it is. But yeah. I just think that, like, I'll be, like, cool and casual. Like, yeah, we're all having a party at my place. And, like, my two friends are here. And then, you know, about a big bada, boom. When the world is numbers, normal. So coming 2022. The vaccine, though, is roaring through, Chloe.
2: I don't know what you've been reading, but I read a Washington Post article that you could put yourself in line for the vaccine. And I was like seven hundred thousand something in line for it
1: (laughs) yeah but they're they're making moves they're i don't know joey b's about to take over baby and he's about to make some waves
2: which we're excited about
1: um write us your damn letters write us the letters do all those good things and it's going down in the dms bye thank you for listening to believe